In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. Today we celebrate the feast of the entrance of the Theotokos into the Holy of Holies. Now all the feasts of Christ are important for our salvation, as are the feasts of Mary, because they lead us to Christ's feasts and they work for our salvation. But Christ's feasts are very understandable in theological terms, but they can often be hard to relate to. For example, the Feast of the Ascension is the feast of our deification, our sanctification, when human nature is carried up into the kingdom of heaven and permanently enthroned in heaven. What a theological wonder! But it's kind of hard to relate to because none of us have floated up into the kingdom of heaven in our body. The Feast of Palm Sunday, for example, is also another great feast which precedes the Lord's passion and resurrection. And we can see all the theological significance of the King of Glory humbly entering into Jerusalem on a donkey. And yet, none of us have written on a donkey with people waving palms and branches, singing Hosanna in the highest, right? That's what I mean when I say it's a little hard to relate to. Maybe we understand it mentally and have a, have a spiritual um, affinity for it, but we can't relate to it from our own experience. This feast, though, this feast today is very, very relatable. Very relatable. Think about what's going on. You have a very pious couple that brings their daughter to church. You have a very pious couple that has made a sacred and solemn vow to God and they carry out that vow. And you have a young maiden who dedicates her life to Christ. I would hope and I would think that we can all relate to those things on some level. If you've been baptized, you've made a solemn vow to God to follow His commandments, to pursue righteousness, to love God and neighbor above all else. And if you're a parent and you're sitting here, I certainly hope you brought your kids to church, at least at some point. And we've all had those times in our life where we have entered into negotiations with God. Lord, if you help me, I will... Dot, dot, dot. You don't have to live very long to have that happen. Psalm 75, verse 11 says... Make your vows and pay them to the Lord our God. This is what Joachim and Anna did. Let's start there. Joachim and Anna were a very faithful couple. They were very prayerful. They were very virtuous. And yet they were barren. They were childless. And that was seen as some sort of um, curse from God. Some sort of punishment from God. Children were a blessing from God. They were very highly valued and wanted. So Joachim and Anna pray 
and they ask God for a child, and they promise that if they receive a child, they will dedicate that child back to the Lord. This is very reminiscent of Hannah in the Old Testament when she prayed for Samuel and received him. So they receive a child, a beautiful baby girl named Mary. And they had her for three years, and after she was weaned, they said, it's time to pay our vow. It's time to fulfill what we promised to God. And she is the fruit of that promise's reward. And so they take her to the temple. They took her to church. And she joyfully and willingly and voluntarily ran up the steps of the temple. There are 15 steps. And you know, during Lent, during the pre-sanctified liturgy, we do the Psalms of Ascents. I think it's Psalm 118 through, or, uh, 119 through 133, something like that. These were the psalms that would be said as somebody would go up each step of the temple. Psalms of Ascent. Mary voluntarily, at three years old, runs up the steps, showing that she wanted to be there. Joachim and Anna are not sad about this. They are not sad. They are thankful for their gift. Just again, like Hannah in the Old Testament, when she brought Samuel to the temple to drop him off, she was thankful to God for the gift that she had been given. And she was happy to pay a tithe on that gift. Joachim and Anna, as well as Hannah, they paid a tithe on the gift that God gave them. You know how much that tithe was? 100%. It was a 100% tithe on the gift. Because they gave the child in the entirety and said, Here, Lord, this child is yours. So, as it says in Psalm 99:2, they came before the Lord with great joy. They came before the Lord with great joy and they served Him with gladness. We were studying that psalm this semester in our Christian ed class on Saturdays. And so they bring their child to church and they pay their vow and Mary dedicates her life to God. This all seems so relatable. You might say to me, well, there are many times where I wish I could leave my kid at church, but it's not because I'm dedicating him to God, because I don't want to bring him home. That's different. We should all relate to the joy a parent feels when they see their child serve the Lord. What more do you want from your children than to have them serve the Lord and dedicate their life to God? And so let's talk about Mary. Mary dedicates her life to God. From the age of three, she stays in the temple. And actually on that day when she went to the temple, Zacharias, the father of John the Baptist, her relative, he was the high priest that day, and he was overtaken, overcome by the Holy Spirit. There's no logical explanation for what he did. But he took her, and he was inspired to take her into the Holy of Holies. Which, as we just heard in the reading from Hebrews, the priest only went into the Holy of Holies once a year after a 40-day preparation and with sacrifice for the sins of himself and the people. 
And he also wore a rope and wore bells. And if the bell stopped ringing, they would pull his dead body out of the Holy of Holies. Okay? This was a big, big deal. Now, this is the miracle of the feast. What I have described up until now is the extraordinary ordinariness of the feast. Right? But this is the miracle of the feast. This is the miracle. That Zacharias takes her into the Holy of Holies and she doesn't die. And not only that, she stays there for nine years. She stays there. She was fed by the Archangel Gabriel. She was fed with heavenly food. Throughout all of Orthros, it was mentioned more than a dozen times. The hymns of the church say, the temple of God is brought into the temple of the Lord. The living temple is brought to the temple. She who becomes the living temple, who bears God in her womb. This is why Zacharias was inspired by the Holy Spirit to bring her into the Holy of Holies. Because her life needed to exceed that of everyone else. She was holy and pure and undefiled and needed to stay that way. And what better place for that to happen than in the Holy of Holies? And the lesson we can learn from that is, if we want to draw close to God and become a receptacle for His grace, if we want our hearts to become a temple of the Holy Spirit, we have to draw near to where God is. And we have to stay away from that which is unclean and defiled. In brief, we have to go to church. And we have to spend our time through the rest of the week in prayer and service and dedication to God. Mary passed her time in handicrafts and in scripture reading, in prayer, conversing with the angel in the presence of God. And how do we know that she was in the presence of God? We heard it in Vespers during the Old Testament readings last night. From Exodus, from Kings, and from Ezekiel, the end of each reading says, the glory of God filled the tabernacle. The glory of God filled the temple. The glory of God was there. And while we ourselves are not called to live in the Holy of Holies all of our life, we are called to become holy all of our life so that God will dwell in us and with us. During the liturgy, we offer up bread and wine and we say to God, Thine own of thine own we offer unto thee in behalf of all and for all. And he takes that and he consecrates it and he changes it into his own body and blood. And then a few minutes later, he offers it back to us saying, the holy things are for the holy. I've talked many times about how we need to become a temple of God. About how we need to purify our hearts so that the Holy Spirit can dwell within us. And on this feast, we have the example. Mary 
is not different from us by nature. But her will and her purity exceeds our own. She gives us an example to follow, not an exception to scoff at. She's our great example. And in these ordinary acts of dedicating one's life, of making vows and paying them to God, and of drawing near to God and His temple. In these ordinary acts, we see the beginning of extraordinary holiness. Brothers and sisters, if we dedicate our lives to God, we can become like Mary. We can't bear God in our womb, of course, but we can bear Him in our heart, and we can preach the gospel throughout all of our lives, sharing the good news that God is with us, that the Word has taken flesh and dwelt among us and has come to deliver our souls from death. At the end of almost every single litany in the church, we have a line that many people gloss over, calling to remembrance our most holy, immaculate, most blameless, Theotokos and ever-Virgin Mary with all the saints, calling to remembrance Mary and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and each other and all our life unto Christ our God. Mary went all in. Even at the age of three, she voluntarily, joyfully went all in in her love of God and her service to Him. And this is the example that we need to follow. We need to go all in. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Commend yourself and each other and all our life unto Christ our God. Not just the leftovers. Not just the seconds or the thirds. And not just whatever energy you have left at the end of the day. Well, I guess I have time for one prayer because that's all I have left. Let the Word of God richly dwell in your lips and in the front of your mind and in your heart. Mary's love for God permeated her whole life as it did with Joachim and Anna. And that's why they had no regrets about offering their most precious child to God. They received no greater blessing in their life than that child and they had no hesitation about taking her and offering her to God. So we need to think about what we value and what we treasure and we need to think about how we can become a sacred treasure of the grace of God. A sacred treasury of the grace of God. So if we dedicate our lives to God, if we keep our vows and make our tithes to Him, if we draw near to God in His temple, when the church prescribes and not just whenever we feel like it, then we too can become living temples of the uncreated God, living and dwelling and basking in His uncreated energy, in His grace, and in His glory. May God grant this to us. And may we, may we dedicate ourselves to living out prayerfully and piously 
all the ordinary moments that God calls us to so that our lives can become extraordinary witnesses for the kingdom of heaven. To Christ our God be all glory, honor, and worship together with the Father and the Holy Spirit now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be.